Star Wars Escape Pod. I'm your host, Josh, and Blake, our co-host, is joining us to chat and review the latest episode of The Bad Batch, Bad Batch Episode 9, and uh, we're going to be getting into 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 depths with uh, what happened in this episode, as well as what we thought, and anything we noticed, and uh, anything regards to the characters Cad Bane, Omega, relationship between her and Boba Fett, all that kind of stuff, Fennec Returns. It's been a crazy episode, and there's so much to talk about. So let's uh, let's break it down for you. We're meeting Blake up in the cantina today once again. So let's get into it. Another happy landing. Chut, chut, Blake. Chut, chut. Chut chat, chut chat, chut chat. <laughs> What's the translation of that? <laughs> I, I have no idea. It's okay. it's like Anakin uses it in Attack of the Clones when he says "chut chat Wado," and then okay. it's like so it's like "hello Wado." It's basically like "hello." Okay, like, so chut, chut uh, we were just saying like, <laughs> "I hope you'll die in the next three days." <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> Pull a Johnny English. I hope your many daughters have like seven bottoms or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> something ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Says it flawlessly too. Uh, oh all right, gosh. so we just sat down and watched the ninth episode of the Bad Batch. In this episode, Cad Bane takes Omega to Borovio, which is an abandoned, uh, well, to an abandoned Caminoan facility. And uh, it is intending to meet Ton Wei there, who is bringing the money to pay off Cad Bane for recapturing Omega. Meanwhile, the Bad Batch is in pursuit of Omega once again, and Crosshair's on their tail. They manage to get away. And Fennec Shand is also on this uh, space station that the Cad Bane is meeting Ton Wei at to hijack Omega as well as the payment. And uh, she's doing that on behalf of the other Kaminoan, Nala Se, who uh, has hired her own bounty hunter, which is Fennec, uh, to capture Omega uh, to protect her from uh, from Lama Su and Tan Wei and, and the cloning plot that they have going on behind the scenes. So a pretty crazy episode. This episode called Bounty Lost. Oh, <laughs> They're not they're not too great on the the spoiler titles here, huh? This is some like Death of Qui Gon titles. Oh man, okay, yeah. So anyone who doesn't remember the Phantom Menace soundtrack names before the movie came out, the soundtrack for the Phantom Menace uh, dropped uh, like it was like a week or two before yeah, something the movie, like that. and one of the tracks is straight up called. Uh, Qui-Gon's the, death fu- uh, the death of Qui-Gon and funeral or something like <laughs> <Yeah>. that and, <laughs> and and like everyone everyone who bought the soundtrack before the movie was totally spoiled at the fact yeah. that Qui-Gon was going to die because you know it's a big deal it is a big deal I mean he's like the big the big death of the movie right I mean, yeah exactly there's yeah, so much so, lead up to it too right and it's it's, yeah. it, it's edited like such a shocking moment yeah, yeah, it is, and and uh, I think they were a little better with the names of the tracks going forward with that. But uh, actually, speaking <laughs> yeah. of speaking of music tracks, do you like the intro song or the outro song or whatever you want to call it for the Bad Batch, like the theme, the theme song that they play when the credits roll and whatever? I do. Um, that said, I'm not sure how forgettable it'll be because I know when we we're watching the show, you'd ask the same question, and you pointed out. Uh, if I like it better than Rebels. Do you want to give us the Rebels tune real quick? Yeah, that one. (laughs) It's funny because I couldn't actually remember what the Rebels tune was. 
Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, it's just such a forgettable. I mean, it's it's well, that's the thing. It's not forgettable because it's such a common yeah. tune, but it's just redone a little bit for the for the show. Right. Yeah. But then no, that's the exactly. Bad Batch has its own little jingle that it plays. Uh, I, I got to say, I mean, after watching Clone Wars over and over and over again for like the amount of seasons that it has, it, it sticks out to me the most. But uh, this one. It was it's like the so far with the show, I've noticed this is the same theme that played for the Bad Batch in the story arc that they had in the Clone Wars. So, okay, I mean, I don't know. I've been I've been enjoying it. And I, I got to say the music for Cad Bane in this episode and the last one as well. Did, I forgot to bring it up last time, but the music is amazing. Like when he shows up, you get that old Western like. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's so good. I, and like the, they haven't done that as intensely ever before in the clone wars like if they had hey, something wars. going on because i yeah. think the boba theme's kind of westerny like that too if in, i recall from mandalorian. In clone wars? mandalorian oh oh in boba in in mandalorian yeah uh yeah i mean throughout mandalorian they have a lot of like westerny vibes um but as far as as far as the animated shows go <laughs> As, as far as like as far as westerny vibes go through the animated shows you didn't it hasn't really been as intense up until like this this point in time and when cad bane shows up you just get that very iconic like strumming of the guitar yeah and oh it was great i loved it and a lot. it's funny i was trying to figure out if when he's walking with omega if he has spurs or if that's her handcuffs <laughs> <laughs> i think yeah actually i I think he's supposed to have spurs. At okay. least I feel like I've heard him with spurs before. So yeah, he has had several costume changes because I know yeah. when they, you know, there's a Clone Wars arc where they have to get disguises. So he changed his costume then. Yeah. He like steals that guy's hat. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Why? It's a nice hat. <laughs> yeah. No hat. <laughs> it's yeah. So funny. It's great. Yeah. So. Uh, so let's get into this episode. I mean, right away, uh, let's talk a little bit about Cad Bane's ship because that's the first thing like we kind of open up to, and uh, you know, we, we were introduced in in the last episode. But uh, you mentioned that you like the ship a lot. I do. It's a really cool design. I like this kind of the blocky style, like the older style. Maybe it's because it's more reminiscent of like I guess like the Falcon and like more classical Star Wars ships as opposed to the more streamlined ones. We saw more of the prequels, but I mean, these are cargo hauler ships. Yeah. So yeah, it makes sense to have yeah, I mean, they're we, more like industrial have, instead of sporty. Right. Yeah. We saw a lot of those actually in, in Clone Wars and a lot of these animated shows, they've kind of brought in a lot of those cargo looking ships, which is pretty cool because yeah, they are really interesting designs, right? Well, yeah. when you get the larger ships, it seems like you either get these cargo ships or you get the, the wealthy people's yachts or like, I guess a good yeah. example would be like the Nabubian stuff. Right. Yeah. Because in the prequel films, like it was very much focused on the Jedi and the military. So that's that's primarily what we saw a lot of was yeah. was those kind of ships, right? Um you know, flashy, sleek, aerodynamic. I don't even know why. Like a ship doesn't need to be aerodynamic because it's, but it's Star Wars, it's right? Space. So, yeah, yeah. It's, it's all honestly because of space. It's all just whatever right. you think is cool. Yeah, I mean that's or that's the practical. whole that's the whole thing with Star Wars because I mean first of like the rules of space in Star Wars have never followed actual science. Like, yeah, ships don't need wings, but star wars does because it's freaking awesome i mean like yeah, pretty much i mean you could yeah. argue that in atmosphere but at the same time they all have like repulsors and stuff so yeah exactly <laughs> i mean we've seen like a rectangle speeder be able to fly through the streets of coruscant i mean you know there's nothing aerodynamic about that so that's exactly uh, it it's uh, yeah, I know, it this looks, uh, i'm a big fan of the dual prong at the front and then it's yeah. got that cool like fin thing going on the back. It was just a cool design. I really liked whole, it a lot. And the whole fin like flips inwards into the ship and stuff, which was pretty sweet. And so, we got an angle. Sorry, not to interrupt. We got an angle of the ship where it's kind of a top down. It was like top down to the right. And yeah. it actually looked a bit like the ghost. With like it does a little bit. Extra yeah. fins on it. Essentially. It's got kind of like, yes, yeah, like kind of like the uh, the turtle. I shape. guess the, the cut off corner look to it. Yeah. yeah. So this ship is called the Justifier. Um, while we were watching the episode, <laughs> yeah. I looked it up because uh, we did bring up last in last week's episode. Well, technically, I dropped this week, but you know, the last episode review. Um, 
we uh, we talked about Cad Bane's costume and how it was straight out of this canceled and unproduced Clone Wars arc. And uh, this ship is as well. So I was like, oh, maybe there's a design for it because I know that they've they have released that stuff. And and uh, sure enough, it is it is a, a concept they pulled straight from that arc. And uh, his ship's name is called the Justifier. So if anyone wants to look it up, it's yeah. uh, Cad Bane's new ship is called the Justifier, which I thought was pretty sweet. He's had a number of ships in the past, and I think this one is uh, easily his best. Um, yeah, that's the other thing I was going to ask is because I can't remember what his previous ships looked like. So I don't know if it was the same one the whole way through. I remember but, two. Uh, okay. His first one was the exact same ship that manga guards normally fly around those really sleek kind of rectangle they're those really weird looking design ships um from cloud city no they're they're from uh revenge of the sith it's okay. uh, if you if you type up if you type up manga guard uh or magna guard you know those like general oh, grievances yeah yeah now we're yeah. talking about yeah those silver ships with the cockpit that folds open like that's that's what he um he used to drive so his original ship is called the xanadu blood and uh it's uh the model of the ship is a porax 38 starfighter rogue class so um this is quite a different turn you know he's seeing as he used to drive a starfighter around now he's driving like a a big cargo hauler ship i thought that was a cool like this feels more bounty huntery to me yeah it does yeah uh if it's a cool switch up mind you back then when they were just using the same models over and over again in the early seasons of the clone wars they just gave it a retexture and called it a day on a ship that they already had but you know i can see them having given it to him because he was hired by the separatists quite frequently so like it kind of made sense uh and then later in the show, he also commandeered a massive separatist vessel, like one of the warships. And that was when he was after the Holocron. So, and he had Ahsoka hostage and stuff like that. And he was trying to get Anakin to put the crystal in the, the Holocron and all that business. So he's had a few ships. Uh, this one's clearly the best. It's uh, yeah. also Great. interesting that they... Even though it was an unproduced show, I'm assuming the model may or may not have been done. If it hadn't been done, it's pretty sweet that they actually finished it and like, you know, made it happen. But I would not be surprised if he lingered around the show a lot longer just to kind of justify the reason as to why they would make this ship like happen. That's a good point because it's yeah. not a small feat to design an entire ship. Like that's a it's lot a big of hours. Ship. Yeah, yeah, it's a big ship for sure. And, and they and, have interior too. So, yeah. That's a good point. I think that does lead credence to the fact that he'll probably be around longer. Uh, oh, yeah. We'll see him again. And, and yeah, the way this episode ends, like it kind of points to that as well. But uh, it can be, he didn't get paid, right? So he didn't get paid, right? So he's yeah. going to keep at it. There's one more thing that we should talk about Cad Bane as far as his character goes uh, in this particular episode is that I noticed he's got this head patch on his left temple. Uh, it, which it looks like it's part of the costume, like it's part of that skin tight suit that he wears. Underneath yeah, it, it his... blends in super well. It does. It, like you pointed yeah. it out, and I had to go back and look because, like, it looks like it's part of the design. So mm-hmm. the thing yeah. is, and and the thing is with some of these some of these uh, designs. I mean, it's an animated show where where everything's kind of made. Uh, it's it's such a really well visually designed show but sometimes you can't really you can't really depict what's like sewn in onto someone's body or if it's just part of a costume right yeah and so same goes for the the tubes that he always wears on his cheekbones so in the last episode he didn't have those on and in the clone wars he frequently takes them off but occasionally we see him when he's wearing these things and because they have screws on the outside a lot of people are thinking are those just permanently implanted on his face um the answer is actually no they kind of i think they magnetically attach or something like that but it's a different kind of respiratory system where the implants have already been done in his body and in his esophagus and these things connect upwards and i i think very similar to a a, like a, a fish gill or something like that it operates very similarly where the device on the back of his neck is in charge of intaking air toxins, whatever, 
and converting it to breathable air for for his species or whatever on even planets yeah. yeah duros where where uh maybe they might not be able to breathe it's and interesting because these- we do see duros in the cantina on tatooine and they yeah. don't have anything like that so i was always right. led to believe that they can breathe regular air as a species so yeah. cad bane being the odd one who has that was uh, actually due to an injury yeah, that's what I thought too, and that turns out it's just one of his gadgets, one of his many, many gadgets. Um, so it's it's sometimes he wears it, sometimes he doesn't. Um, like you said, it could be just a filter system so that he <clears throat> won't have to deal with any toxins or anything. Yeah, yeah, and the way it works is it basically kind of transfers that oxygen or whatever gas he breathes uh, into his respiratory system through this thing that he can just literally put on and hook up, and there's no external evidence that that modification has been made so it's pretty cool high piece of technology as far as the head patch goes i've never seen him with that head patch um he does take his hat off he does he does take his hat off and it's not there right so so for me i'm thinking like does this point towards evidence that the clone wars arc with boba fett and that shootout has happened right maybe he was shot in the head and maybe that's the patch that he needed to get to to you know patch himself up literally um, yeah. from a blaster bolt to his face whereas boba had his helmet on and just caused a dent but i mean the question kind of trigger, yeah. re, re-triggered in my mind i was like are they going to adapt this arc or are we never going to see it because the character actually survived right like it just kind of had me wondering like what's That's what's good- going to What's going to happen? It, that there, changes right? the story a lot, though. If Cad Bane lives, here's the other thing: uh, he could live, and we might. Yeah, it, it does. It does change the story a lot. Uh, the other thing is, perhaps they were looking for a really good bounty hunter that wasn't Boba Fett to act as this character to be after Omega, kind of thing. Because this also has to do with the plot line and everything that we were talking about Boba Fett and his relationship to Omega in the last episode. But uh, the book of Boba Fett comes out later this year in the fall. And, you know, I don't want to draw attention off this Bad Batch episode too much. But there is a possibility that in that show, they could be flashing back a lot uh, to Boba's past. And I know there has been some article I read online as to flashbacks potentially happening that show what happened to him after the Sarlacc pit. Yeah. I'm not ruling out a possibility that we could go back even further and see him with Cad Bane. That's what you're saying. Yeah, maybe maybe see some sort of you know PTSD kind of like flashback. Him remembering little little snippets, kind of like Din Djarin flashback to the Clone Wars when he was a kid, yeah, kidnapped kidnapped by the Death Watch, right? Um, so are we going to get that with Boba Fett? Maybe we'll see that whole sequence take place in live action, which would be pretty awesome. The uh, other question is now with the introduction of Fennec Shan in Mandalorian, or they're like she's friends with Boba, and we see her now in this show. Do you think they're gonna take her and maybe put her in between Bane and uh, and Boba? Do like the old switcheroo? So instead, Boba will be trained by Fennec, and that's why they're friends later. No, I, um, my, well, it's a, it's a good theory, honestly, and, and nothing's confirmed yet. Right. My speculation is that, is that this whole Boba Cad Bane arc, if the head based on this head patch thing, if that head patch isn't just some sort of magnet to keep his hat on, (laughs) uh, because let's be honest, his hat just stays on a lot. Um, Yeah. I, I don't know what it is. Right. So like, it could just be a costume thing if it's not. And if it is like evidence that he's had some head damage from this fight out with this fight with Boba and he's actually survived and he's back. That points evidence towards me that this whole arc with Cad Bane training Boba has already happened. Yeah. Uh, and also, in that case, do you find it odd then that the Kaminoans have reached out to Cad Bane and uh, Fennec, but not bother talking to Boba, even though they used to have a prior contract because he like, grew up there and stuff? Like Jango, yeah. Bane, right? so. Yeah. It does, it does make me wonder about that as well. That's uh, why I would think it's before it. Yeah. 
Right. Yeah. That's and that's also yeah. That, that's also a possibility is that we could see a complete rejuvenation of this arc. That head patch is actually just a costume piece, and we'll see this whole thing play out that the way that we were talking about last episode, where Cad Bane versus Boba Fett, resurrection of that whole Clone Wars arc, but just shifted into Bad Batch. You know, maybe we'll just see that happen straight up. And uh, part of the reason why I think that is still on the table is at the end of this episode, Boba Fett was name dropped. Or maybe it was in the middle, but wherever. He was. Yeah, he was. So um, basically Omega, we find out that Omega is a first generation DNA clone like Boba Fett. So this is a piece of evidence that we didn't have when we were speculating last time. Yep. But we I, were, this was one of the potential stories that we had suggested, though. Right. Yeah. Uh, there yeah. was there was something that uh, that was brought up where. We were talking about a relationship between her and Boba and whether or not she's like possibly a clone of him or like some an, sort of another offspring. unaltered version. Right. Another unaltered, unaltered, unaltered version. Right. Yeah. So this kind of points evidence towards that. Exactly. Um, we're slightly well, moving away from the force sensitive thing and we're kind of going towards the reason why she's important is because she's. Pure. Literally a pure clone of Django, but just female. So she's essentially Boba's sister. Like yeah. that's basically what she is. Assuming that she's got no growth acceleration, she's Which basically they, Boba's sister. No, they specifically said no enhancements. And right. They, right. When Tech was going over it, he said uh, one of the enhancements they had was growth acceleration, but she, she didn't have that. Right. So she's the same age as Rex, yeah. but she's young. So now this kind of confirms our theory as to where she was during the Clone Wars, because we were wondering, like, well, if she did have growth acceleration, how old would she be when Kamina was attacked and this and that? And like, you know, was she, you know, or where was she this whole time? Right. So this basically points evidence towards the fact she did live through the Clone Wars, but she was just so isolated on this Kamino base that she just have has no understanding as to what the actual war was like yeah and uh, at that point in time she probably would have been a toddler right uh three three years prior well i guess at this point in the in the show it'd be four years prior um and she's what she's like, like she's 10 at the oldest she's like 10 so she would have been like like six maybe six yeah, yeah so i mean not very old uh for sure at least maybe oldest would be seven years old i think uh but yeah not very old at all and, uh, you know, it's it's like it, maybe she does remember the attack, but she just has no idea what the war was like. Right. So it's like for for kids who lived during the World War, all they remember is being shoved into a basement or bomb shelter or whatever. Right. Yeah. Like they, they don't really like they, they know what it's, it's like to be under attack. And and, you know, they have that perspective, but they have no idea what the actual war was like. Like, what was it like? Yeah on the front lines, like when two massive armies with clones and Jedi and droids was like, she has no understanding of what that looks like. Right. Cause she was probably always shuttled away. And when Kamina was attacked, if she really is this important, they would have shipped her off to some, you know, big steel box and kept her in there until the fighting was over. Right. Yeah. Uh, like a safe room or whatever. Yeah. Cause she's way too valuable to have out in the open. So I, I mean, and, and the entire purpose of that mission on Kamino when they were attacking Kamino was they were after the the genome of Django Fett. Like that was the whole idea of that mission, right? So I, I it's it's a good thing that Kamina, the Omega wasn't walking around the hallway because there's a straight up clone of Django right there. And it's true. And uh, they we didn't need to capture Boba the, as well, but they never bothered doing that. Right. And Boba wasn't even on Kamino when that fight took place. But it, it's like that was an option that they probably didn't even didn't even think of, right? Um but it's it's pretty crazy to think like this whole time there's been another essentially another fet running around that we just you know had no idea haven't. yeah yeah Lady, exactly Lady that is interesting though so but it makes you wonder then now we know they want her for the for her genome so there's obviously for some form of cloning mm -hmm. that makes me think that they are planning to if they get her DNA the plan is to make more clones to fight against the the empire mm -hmm. yeah possibly um or at least kind of try to 
invigorate them to stay in the contract because the clone genome that they've been using so far has been degrading. Yeah. And that that is Django's fat. It's because they've been keeping this other card up their sleeve this whole time that they've actually had another source available and they've just not used her. Yeah, exactly. Uh, It's also this. This has nothing to do with Omega, but I'd just like to point out in the EU in Star Wars Legends, uh, Boba has a long lost aunt. Uh, Her name is Arla Fett, who is the older sister of Django. And she showed up in uh, Clone Commando novels, Order 66 and Imperial Commando 501st, as well as uh, Django Fett Open Seasons, the uh, the comic book. And um, so it's not completely beyond the expanded universe, even that the Fets have had other relatives. Mm-hmm. Uh, so maybe just the spirit of Arla will be kind of. <laughs> ported into omega somehow if if we if we continue to see this character grow up um it's funny because it's possible they've basically taken we keep going back to the commando books because i feel like they're pulling so much from that series yeah yeah so it almost (laughs) feels like they've taken the kid in that in that series where they're the clones are protecting and then arla and kind of just merged them into one character yeah pretty much yeah in a way for sure. I think there's a lot of inspiration in the legends. It's cool to see them use it. Yeah, that's exactly it. So Cad Bane is working for Lama Sue and Ton Wei, who both Ton Wei and, and Lama Sue we were introduced to in Star Wars Attack of the Clones. Uh, and uh, we finally get to see Ton Wei again because I, I think we went through the whole Clone Wars series and never saw her. And finally we see her again. Once? Not once. Yeah. Interesting. It's always Ooh. been um, other clones, uh, other cloners. Sorry. Who is the other Kaminoan then? Because I thought that was the own way. Uh, her name is Nal Say. Nal And uh, she's in charge of like the science behind the cloning. So there's been a couple different cloners, Kaminoans that, that we have that we have uh, seen before. And uh, Tonway has not been one of them. I guess she's on the... Um, the more businessy end of things. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it's cool to see her again. And and now she's dead. <laughs> yeah, I know. I noticed that, too. They yeah. introduced her and then she says one line and then she goes to a planet and she dies. Yeah, after like almost 20 years of not seeing this character, we finally see her again and then they kill her off. It's like, all right, <laughs> I'm good with that. I mean, I, I never had any attachments to the person that greets Kenobi at the door. But, I mean... It's cool to see a returning character face, and and uh, it's it's interesting to see how she ends, right? Yeah, um, yeah, it's pretty sweet. So uh, basically, Cad Bane is working for Lama Soon Tom Wei, and he's in cahoots with them to recover Omega for their secret clone operation agenda, whatever that is. We haven't really found out. And uh, Fennec Shand has been hired by Nell Say to counter any bounty hunters that Lama Sue and Tonway have hired to go after Omega because she's in that little circle trio that they got going on. So she probably knows that those other two have hired bounty hunters to come after Omega. So she's probably hired her own bounty hunter to kind of act as a watchful guardian uh, of Omega on the side. Now, there's one question that kind of arises from this because in this episode, she lets her get away with the Bad Batch and says to Nalase, like, yeah, she was just rescued by the same clones that, that we saw on Pantora. And uh, then she's been told by the the Camino and by Nalase to just kind of leave it there and just loose, loosely follow or whatever. And and uh, she's fine. She's safe as long as she's not with Cad Bane or any other bounty hunter. She's OK. Yeah. And so that kind of makes me wonder, maybe when she was on Pantora, she didn't really know that these clones were protecting her maybe she thought oh these guys are just after her for some reason and uh maybe it's possible but don't forget she helped them escape she unlocked the 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 bay doors or whatever so that the bad batch could escape camino in the first place fennec no, you uh, mean uh, you mean now say now say yeah yeah no I mean Fennec when she when Fennec tried to capture Omega on Pantora like there was that whole chase scene or through the city right so 
Hunter is on his speeder bike chasing after Fennec Shand, who's got Omega, like, you know, mm-hmm. and everything. Like, there was a whole ch- chase scene. The whole episode was a big chase scene. Yeah. So, like, it makes me wonder, though, like, if she was with the clones, why would that chasing happen in the first place unless Fennec yeah. Shand didn't know that these clones were actually protecting Omega and not in it just for money or whatever, right? So, um, my thoughts is that after that whole event took place... Fennec probably contacted Nala to kind of give a mission update. And she probably found out that, oh, she's actually with a bunch of clones. Uh, and she knows which clones those are because, you know, like you said, like she actually helped those ones get away. Uh, so she's probably like, oh, Fennec, don't worry about those ones. They're fine. Yeah. So that entire episode with the chase scene was kind of pointless because. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, because it's like as if she just had known that those clones were were cool then you should never would have been after them and, you know, smashing records head into the wall of that sewer pipe and whatever else. Yeah, I feel like what happened was she thought the Omega would be safer with her. But after everything that's happened, she's like, as long, you know, it's like a compromise, right? You know what? She's she's better with them than she is uh, like coming back with Cad Bane and yeah. getting executed. Cause now she knows the full plan that was kind of revealed in this episode. Right. Right. Yeah. And in a way it's, it's kind of funny because like as a bounty hunter, I mean, you know, taking on scores and stuff like that, it, it's not a babysitting job. So it's, she's almost better off with Omega being with the clone force 99 and she's just kind of a loose guardian that stays nearby and, you know, protects her from other bounty hunters. Yeah. It's almost better that she stays in that position because, you know, if she had Omega, she'd become even more of a target, right? It would be we'd basically be looking at the plot of the Mandalorian, <laughs> a bounty hunter with a with a target that's like so valuable that every bounty hunter is after the bounty hunter, right? Uh, so I'm glad that they're not repeating the plot there, but it was cool to see that Fennec is actually not like a straight up in a villainous position in this show because in the Mandalorian she's kind of this anti-hero protagonist sort of thing so it's cool to see uh what did you think of the location that this episode took place on very cool very cool cloudy moon of at some first, kind at first i thought it was bespin <laughs> <laughs> yeah so like, uh, lama sue called mm-hmm. it borovio that's what he called it interesting new Borrow planet borovio we've never we've never seen it before never heard of it before the only planet that comes close to resembling this one is from season one of the clone wars there was a planet that showed up uh in an episode arc when r2d2 goes missing and it's the episode called duel of the droids and uh it's at a space station a separatist listening post that's located on a rusan moon and it's a cloudy moon just like that everything's yellow like all the clouds are yellow and everything and the space station's floating. Yeah. And very similar to that episode, we had what looked like a floating space station and in a in a moon or planet of some kind that's just filled with clouds and it's yellowy clouds, just like that other one. The environment effects were way better than the season one of Clone Wars, but I could imagine it to be the same place if if they wanted it to be. Interesting. Uh, and okay. in the Clone Wars arc, we never got the name of that moon. It, it was just known as a Rusan moon of some kind. I, I'm pretty sure if anyone can correct me on that, send an email in. But I'm pretty sure it never had a name. And, uh, and in this episode, the name of this particular location is Borovio. So it could be one of the same. It might not be. Who knows? It might be one of those Starkiller base things where we know Starkiller base now to be actually Ilum. Yeah. And uh, and people speculated about that for years before they finally confirmed that in Jedi Fallen Order. So or in the visual dictionary of one of the sequel books. So, uh, you know, it could be one of those situations where it's like it could be the same location and they haven't just confirmed it yet. So, yeah. But what do you think about it? And you commented on the clouds and. Yeah, well, I thought aesthetically it was absolutely gorgeous. It's like because the, the windows are all smashed in, there's like fog and everywhere, and you get a lot of like the god ray lighting. Like yeah. it was really pretty. Obviously, this is a thrown out theory now, but the first thing that came to my mind was, oh, this is a cloud city, so it was all run down before Lando got it and fixed it up. <laughs> I guess that disappeared pretty quickly when you saw what was inside. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Well, 
It was also maybe wonder then, or maybe Cloud City was built by the Kaminoans. <laughs> you know, it's, it's similar architecture. Maybe, yeah. It's a very clean looking like place with white walls and everything. I, who knows? Yeah. I mean, and they got the same kind of slanty kind of UFO shape. Yeah, yeah. Actually, you're right. Yeah, it does have that same shape. Um, yeah. Wouldn't that possibly, be neat? Possibly. That, that would be pretty neat, actually. Yeah. I uh, think I'd be okay with that. Does That doesn't seem like a that. huge canon change. I know uh, Bespin has showed up in some, this is like EU, I think, but it has shown up in uh, like. Kotor era stuff because apparently it's just been a mine that's just been around forever. Oh, interesting. Okay, interesting. So, yeah, that no, it would be cool to go back there it's in some way, shape, or form because it's a giant station. So I can imagine. Well, I mean, it didn't take that long to build the Death Star, but that was with slaves and stuff like that. So I would imagine that this space station would have taken a little while to complete, and you know, it'd be cool to see it like maybe pop up and even like the high Republic and stuff like that. Like, yeah. you know, we've been getting into a lot of these kind of origin locations uh, that have been popping up in, in uh, more recent books and comics and stuff like that. They've been starting chronologically by being a first place location in some of these high Republic books. So it's, it's kind of cool to see kind of a, a bit of a start to some of these things. And yeah, a space station like that would be cool to see under construction. Uh, we, uh, I, I, I like the environment a lot. I thought it was awesome. It made for some really cool shots. Yeah, exactly. And I also point like it, it made me realize like the Kaminoans do have facilities on other planets. Yeah. Yeah. Because up till now, they've always just really had the one city, Tupaca City, right? And other than that, they don't right. really seem to exist. And so yeah. I looked, I, I, I I got encouraged to go quickly look at the Wikipedia before this, uh, the podcast here. And it's the basis of the Kaminoans were there was like a, a massive flood on their planet. And so they were forced to build above water because the whole planet was flooded from uh, the melting uh, glaciers. And then uh, they were nearly pushed to extinction and that's how they got into cloning because they needed to clone themselves to keep their basically their their population up hmm. but all of that well, well they decided to do that because they didn't want to reach the republic for help and all of that storyline points to them not being off planet because they wouldn't need to be off like they wouldn't have this problem right if, if they had off planet locations because right. they could just Right, uh, like breed, multiply outside this one isolated area. So the fact that they have another facility on another planet, which we saw also was a cloning facility, Mm -hmm. is I'm interesting. It's interesting how all that will play together. Yeah, it it, it makes me wonder exactly what that facility is for because we did get a look inside those tanks, right? Those green, obviously rotten corpse you know, moldy water and <laughs> terrible, terrible stuff. Yeah. So we got a peek as to what was inside those. And it looked like just different species of aliens, including a Kaminoans Kaminoan. themselves. Yeah, yeah. Inside those, those tanks, uh, which I was like, oh, so this is like really old. Like this is like pre, pre, uh, clones. Yeah. I mean, this is probably high Republic era stuff right here, like 200 years ago. Uh, yeah, because like everything's like rusty and like broken down and all the glass but, is smashed in. Yeah. And weirdly enough, their design for doors has not changed at all. But yeah, that is Star Wars. Yeah. But I thought that was kind of cool. I was like, hey, like they decided to try migrating off of their useless water planet that they <laughs> originally are from. Right. And, you know, it might have been an attempt at just doing that. Like, hey, let's find a new location that's just nicer and a little more hospitable. Um, it could exp- also been like a, a backup plan, right? Like they could, that yeah. could be their, their Noah's Ark. Right. right. So if, yeah, totally could have been. If their planet gets like if they get wiped out there, there's at least like a backup plan so that their entire species won't be completely wiped out. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, I What's noticed that line uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> More likely they were wiped out. There it is. <laughs> uh, Captain Panaka, our, our hero for that line. Oh, man. Um, you got to clip that and put it in here. <laughs> so, 
the, the escape pods that Omega escapes on in the end of the episode were the exact same design and escape pod that we see on Camino itself, like uh, at Topoka City. Uh, so weirdly enough, the design of that thing hasn't changed either, which I was like, OK, um, maybe this is a, maybe this thing isn't as old as it looks. Uh, who knows? Uh, I don't yeah, really know question. what it's for. Yeah, it just I don't know. It maybe maybe the Kaminoans wanted to maintain cloning, but for other customers other than the Republic. So they set up a shop on another planet just to keep that business separate. And Camino yeah. or Topoca City was was just specifically for the Republic's military operations because it's clearly a Republic base as well. Right. right? So um, or now at this point, it would be an, an Imperial base. But but it also raises the question, why was it abandoned? Yeah. Why was it abandoned? Right. Like, is it because um, it's rusty and old and broken up? So like, was this uh, another part of the Clone War that we just never see? Like what I, I would I would have half expected to have seen like almost dead droid parts and, you know, whatever, like on the yeah. ground, if that was the case. But uh, we it was clean. There was nothing there. It was it was just fully abandoned and some corpses in some jars. And that was it. Yeah, exactly. So There's nothing I'm, else there. I'm really curious as to what this place is. But um, it still had power. Is Yeah, it still had power and everything. I, I mean, I'm assuming it may have been solar charged or something like that because it was a very bright environment. But uh, yeah, can't we, like, is there any connection between this abandoned base and, you know, we always point theories towards Snoke or whatever. I don't think so. I, I don't think it has anything to do with that, What's but it is, is a, a really cool environment. The lankiness of the Kiminoan in the tank looked like a Snoke. Yeah, it did actually. Yeah. With a bobble head. Like yeah. it was like a, it was like a swelled up head. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it, it yeah, it, it, there was, a, there was another, another clone in one of the other tanks that had like no resemblance at all. Yeah, and but it, it was like lead. nine numbs species, whatever that species is. Oh, interesting. That's a good point. So it looked like that. It looked like that. The, I think it's canon actually as well. It's from the flood. Is they not only modified their DNA and cloned themselves as a species, but they did the same thing for all of the like animals and stuff on their planet too, right? Mm, all the non-aquatic right. life. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. So it could have been something like that. It could have been. Yeah. Like, yeah. And, and I don't know. I mean, I'm assuming introducing a location like this, we will likely see it again some yeah. way, shape or form. I thought I, that would be really interesting because I've always loved Camino. If Palpatine is not able to take over Camino and get their cloning information, in theory, he could go to this planet, which is probably not been wiped from their systems and they could pull all the cloning information from that. Or even just steal the tech. Yeah, I mean, like all their all their tech is still there, like the computers, the data, just uh, refurbish it, and the tanks. Going. Yeah, yeah, something like that. So, yeah, who knows? I mean, that that might play into it for sure. I mean, they might they might uh, it might be the kind of thing that we saw in Rebels, where uh, where the Death Star was in construction above Geonosis, and then later on in the show, it's gone, right? And uh, and it's part of the part of the plot line that uh, that it was in construction above Geonosis for a while until until it wasn't. And then it was elsewhere when it was more or less finished. But uh, it, it, it is kind of an interesting theory as to say maybe we'll revisit that location for some reason mm -hmm. and they'll go back and that whole station will be missing. Just a. Just throwing it out there but yeah, yeah. maybe it, it's like a theory of mine like it, it's a cool place like i would love to know more i've i've always been fast because the camino has been such a, a weird unique species that we just don't really know much about um, i've always been on this kind of i don't know this hype of as, as to like wanting to know more about those about the cloners and stuff like that and about, no, i agree because uh, they are very secretive they yeah never, they are they the story writers have always kind of left it that way, not wanting to dive into it too much. It seems like, yeah, they they've always really had a bit of a, a um, yeah, they've always tried to leave them a bit mysterious. But in in bringing them more into this show now than I think we've really ever seen before, it's 
it's cool. Like I'm liking it a lot. I think the only other time that we really got into into depth with the Kaminoans was when they did the whole chip arc uh, with yeah. fives, you know, trying to get the chip out of his head in Clone Wars season five or whatever it was. Uh, or six, sorry, it was Clone Wars season six. But yeah, I, I thought that was a, like an awesome, an awesome arc. We got to see more of the Topoka City and the the cloning facilities and and who was actually part of that plot and stuff like that. And and it's a very similar scenario in this in this time round. But it's about Omega and this like this other source clone that they could be using. So I don't know. Does that cover all the notes that you had uh, for this for this particular episode? Um, it's maybe not the best place to talk about it because that was such a we just talked such important things. But we were going to talk a little bit about Toto. Toto, Cad Bane's sidekick there. There's like bumbling droid. I I love that he's named after uh, Dorothy's dog from yeah. the Wizard of Oz, and it's just this this you know, super intense, like badass character bounty hunter. And yeah. he's got a little dog name for his droid. It's so pretty funny. funny. It's pretty I funny. mean, it does. That droid does feel like more of a pet. Yeah. Like, I don't even know if I'd say sidekick status. Like it does feel like a pet to him. Yeah, it kind of does. Yeah. And he and seems he, to screw up more than actually help. Yeah. He's a bit quirky, isn't he? Um, Toto, he's had more than one Toto uh, because one of his Totos, he actually blew up when he used he, he put a bomb inside Toto's back when he was heisting the holocron from the jedi temple and sent him flying into the jedi command room or whatever where there was like a bunch of jedi in there and then he blew up the droid um so i think what's funny about a, a guy like cad bane you totally expect this from a character like him is he just gets the exact same droid and just gives him the exact same name just to replace, pretty, yeah. just to replace the last one, right? So he has no emotional attachment to these droids at all, but he just maintains the same name for all of them. Yeah, well, he sees them probably as just something that's necessary to have around, like any other technology. Yeah, know, an extra pair yeah. of arms or whatever to work on stuff, right? Right. Yeah. Exactly. So. Yeah, like it's very it's funny and very fitting to what we know of Toto from Clone Wars that he would steal. The, uh, the briefcase full of credits and then immediately proceed to lose all of the money yeah. <laughs> in a way that you can't recover it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's, yeah, figures, right? So um, funny. Oh my gosh. Pretty, it's pretty funny. And yeah. he does he does serve the purpose of a MacGuffin. I feel like whenever we, he, we come across Cad Bane because Cad Bane is such a like competent person that he wouldn't accidentally let, say, Omega go. Toto would definitely fall for any tricks. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, he's he's kind of like the, yeah, yeah, the MacGuffin, the the, the fool out of the two, right? Yeah. The one, the one, the gullible one. Right? So it's funny that Cad Bane just continues to replace him, even though he screws up so much. <laughs> yeah, 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 totally. Um, so what? Uh. <clears throat> uh is what I'd like to bring up is that uh, Cad Bane, just uh, just a random little fact. Cad Bane's voice is based on Lee Van Cleef's performance in the film The Good, the Bad, and the Ugly. Okay. So if anyone's ever seen that film out there, it's it's a very famous like Western yeah. film. Uh, it's one of the 19, most well-known Western films of all time. Yeah, it's like a four-hour movie. Uh, but it's very, very well rated. Stars Clint Eastwood, yeah, naturally, right. And uh, anyway, so his, that his character is 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 based on on that, uh, which is pretty, which is pretty funny. I, I I heard that in an interview at one point or something, and and or maybe I read it online or whatever. But I just thought it was worth mentioning. Uh, so a lot of inspiration for this character. Yeah. So if you like Cad Bane, feel free to watch this four hour classic film. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Four hour Western. There we go. <laughs> All right. Is there any last minute things you want to bring up before we wrap it up? Something that I guess caught my eye and made me a little quizzical was right at the end when Omega's in her, her pod and she's uh, escaping and is you know, start, starting to crash land. All of a sudden, she's just like grabbed by the Bad Batch's ship. They never really explained how that worked. 
Oh yeah. Does like, it have a tractor beam? Could they yeah, catch it? Like they, that, that I, feels pretty unlikely. They must have a tractor beam. Of I feel like they just didn't know how to dock that ship and yeah. they just didn't show it. But I'm assuming that they swooped down like magnetically docked onto their ship and yeah. was able to extract her and then drop the ship all without us seeing it. Right. Um, yeah. And but, we, they did go through the floor. So right. it caught the bottom of the Bad Batch's ship. Yeah. yeah. They they like must have approached from above and kind of did a, you know. Yeah. Like a landing swoop. Yeah. Like a landing maneuver or whatever. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I noticed that as well. I was like, huh. They just but, didn't care to show yeah, us, I like, guess. Uh, let's skip over that part. <laughs> yeah. 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 A sequence that, that maybe uh, just got cut in their, in their, you know. There are slim 29 minutes or whatever it is now. Yeah, but. or it could just be classic George fashion of instead of figuring out how it works, just, just skip over that part. Yeah, yeah, just not show it. <laughs> <laughs> they don't need to know. <laughs> yeah, totally, totally. It's pretty funny. But now we know there's an, uh, a lower hatch to the Bad Batch ship. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's And I like the ship. It's cool. Finally, there's a Lego set as well. So anyone who wants to buy the Lego ship, it's out. It's out on the shelf. I watched a review of that the other day. The The models for the Bad Batch characters seem pretty cool. But I don't know if all their colors are accurate. It's weird. Yeah, like, I, it, it's the kind of ship, though, I might actually buy myself just for the heck of having it. I bought the Ghost, and that ship has gone up so much in value. And I don't know. I, Lego's a weird investment. You know, some some sets go up, some sets kind of maintain the same and this and that. But yeah. So you're gonna are you gonna build it then, or are you gonna grab it and then leave it in a box? I'll build it. <laughs> okay. All right, all right, <clears throat> all right, man. Well, uh, that was uh, that was quite the review, and uh, I guess we'll catch you next time for the next review on Bad Batch episode ten. Sounds good. Got a blast. <laughs> Got a blast. All right, guys. Thanks for tuning in, and a big thank you to Blake for co-hosting this episode. Please join us on our Discord in the description below. There's a link for you to do that. You can listen to occasional live streams. If you're hanging out in the Discord, you can you can do that as well as see channels that update you on all the Star Wars social media pages. And as well, we have our SpeakPipe address to leave a voicemail at. We love hearing from you guys and what you think of the Bad Batch as well as this podcast. And you can do that with our SpeakPipe address at uh, www.speakpipe.com slash Star Wars Escape Pod. Join us on Twitter and Instagram with at SWEscapePodcast, hashtag SWEscapePodcast, as well as locate us on any podcasting platform across the galaxy the platform of your choice whether it be spotify apple podcasts uh cast box or whatever you know the choice is yours so let us know what platform you listen to and uh feel free to give us your input on what you think of this show as well as the bad batch So we'll see you all next time for a lot more Bad Batch reviews as well as more What Happened episodes. What Happened has been put on the back burner just a little bit, but we're glad that you guys have been liking the Echo episode. Best way to help us out is by dropping a five-star review. Leave us a couple words on there if you can, as well as, and beyond anything else, share this show with a friend. That always helps us out. Thanks again for tuning in, guys. And may the Force be with you.